0: We've been talking about, in the last few weeks, <clears throat> the basics. we are talking about Mass, receiving Holy Communion, all that goes into it, so that we can enter more deeply into this and love the Lord more. So today, we're gonna talk about music. And this is a dangerous thing, I know, because there have been more battles, more, more blood shed over music and church than probably anything else. That we, there's a, that another thing that makes this kind of dangerous to talk about, you know, is that, um, that we have a reputation, Catholics have a reputation, that we can't sing. You ever hear that? If you meet somebody from another church, oh, you're Catholic, yeah, yeah, you guys can't sing. And there's actually a book called Why Catholics Can't Sing. It's worth reading sometime. So, so here's the question. What, what happened, you know, over 2,000 years? The church has this rich tradition of art and beauty and music. It's, been, it's produced like some of the best stuff that the human race has ever made. And now we can't sing? What happened here? So let's talk about music for a second. You know that music is powerful. It has power to help and it also has power to harm. Music, for, for the human person, there's something magical about music. It has this power to, to swell our hearts or to make our skin prickle. I remember actually um, on, for, for, on 9-11, okay, yes, I was, I was old enough even to remember 9-11, but um, I remember it was either that day or the day after on the TV, uh, the president uh, spoke to the country, and then he and those who were with him and everybody, he just, we just sang, God bless America. And it was like so potent and powerful in that moment, in the tragedy and the fear to, to sing that, not just to say it's gonna be all right, or not just to say this is really terrible, but to sing God Bless America. Like there was just like a palpable, like I said, it makes your skin prickle. For me, sacred music has, has always been a way that the Lord has reached me when I make myself unreachable, whatever it is, discouragement, or you just get stuck in yourself. When it's like, yes, Lord, I do want to be with you, and I just can't, I can't get my heart open today. Very often then, the Lord, either, either hearing someone else praising God or some sort of encounter with sacred music, it has broken open my heart and finally allowed what the Lord had for me to come in. It, so sacred music for me over and over has been like a healing thing. There is, you know, about St. Augustine, he's, he's one, of the, one, of the, one of the greatest saints in, in all these years of the church. Music also played this incredible role in his conversion. So St. Augustine, growing up, he lived a life far from God, all kinds of sins, wasn't interested. And then he came to a point in his life where he investigated all these things. He started to read the scriptures and, uh, and, and he was like, he was right on this threshold, which was the point of conversion and the point of despair for him because he, he was basically in this point when he said, I, I want to follow the Lord, I want to change, I want to leave my sins behind, and I can't. And I have tried, and they have a grip on me, and I keep going back to them, and I'm not strong enough, and I don't know what to do. So that's why it was both the point of conversion for him and the point of despair. So in the middle of this, okay, that's the context. In the middle of this... We have this quotation from him from, his, from the Confessions of St. Augustine, and he's, he's addressing this to God, okay? He's speaking to God when he says this, but this is what he says. He says, How I wept, deeply moved by your hymns, songs, and the voices that echoed through your church. What emotion I experienced in them. Those sounds flowed into my ears, distilling truth in my heart. A feeling of devotion surged within me, and tears streamed down my face, Tears that did me good what's amazing about this, okay this is like this is a turning point for Saint Augustine where these tears allow the Lord to come in and change him. those who were singing in church, those who had such such an intense role to play in the conversion of this great saint, they didn't know what their singing praise to God that day would mean. they were just going about their daily loving God this is you know, it's an old story, but also it's, it's an everyday story. I just was told this by, um, by, by a visitor to St. Luke. Somebody who goes here had, had brought this person to adoration one day. And uh, she was talking to me afterward, and she said, yeah, adoration was very good. Prayer time in silence, very good. But she said, what moved me, what I'm holding on to as I walk away, was at the beginning and the end, how the few people who were in church, very simply, sang a hymn. She said, there, was no, there were no instruments. Or no. There, there, she said, there was no performance. There was nothing fake. It was just like 15 or 20 people who sung this hymn, who sang this hymn of praise to God. And she said that the sincerity and the love in it moved me. And it was very beautiful. Music has a lot of power to do good, to help. It, it also, we know, has a lot of power to harm. If you have ever been, I don't know, have you ever been to a talent show where the the acts are not carefully auditioned beforehand, and somebody gets up there with a piano or a guitar, and they're going at it with all their might, and it's not good, you want to run away. And you're not even the one on stage, you know, you're like embarrassed for them, and it disconnects you, and it kind of makes you self-conscious, even though you're not even the one up there. It's like brutal when this happens. It, also at Mass, it's funny because if the priest makes a mistake, okay, no problem. If the server makes a mistake, okay, no problem. But when there's something, some hitch with the music, it's like jarring to us. Music is the thing that, that makes us most quickly like roll our eyes in contempt or to disconnect and withdraw and become self-conscious and, and focus on ourselves rather than the Lord. Music is powerful. It has a lot of power to help and a lot, even, even power to harm. So because of this, like, let's do something. Let's grow. Let's improve. Let's change the way that we approach music at St. Luke. We can, probably not in the short term, but over time, in a year or two of some work, of some attention to this, like the way that we sing to God, this can become your favorite part of going to Mass. It can be something that for a visitor inspires wonder in them, even if they don't understand what we're doing or when to stand or sit or anything like that. So, Here's what the church says about music, and there's actually a lot the church says about music. The church takes it very seriously, sacred music. The church says that music in the liturgy, singing at mass is of very great importance. It's not an embellishment, it's not something that's like added on, kind of superficially above, but the singing at mass is an integral part of this meeting of God's children with their father. Church even says that the musical tradition of the church is of greater value than any other art. Now there's, a, there's an incredible tradition of art and beauty in the church. You think of like the cathedrals that you visit or, or paintings or windows or statues or mosaics or whatever. And the church says, above all those things, what is of the greatest value is the, the musical tradition of the church. And this is because all those other things, they're made of stone or paint or glass, but sacred music is made out of The divine word of God. The church says there's two purposes to sacred music. Okay? And I think these are very helpful to know. Two purposes of sacred music. Number one is for the glory of God. And number two is for the sanctification of those who love him. For the holiness of those who love him. Always when we grow in sanctification, when we're sanctified or grow in holiness, it's because we're united to God. So how does this happen? How does sacred music achieve these two goals, the glory of God and, and our sanctification, here's three ways, okay? The first way is that by singing, singing praise to God, sacred music raises our hearts, it brings delight to prayer, it expresses in a, in a tangible way, in an exterior way, the invisible but outpouring love in our hearts. So Pope Benedict says this, he said, when humanity meets God, When humanity meets God, mere words are not enough. And so when we meet God, the human heart meeting the goodness and beauty and love of its creator and redeemer, the human heart spontaneously bursts into song because because words can't express or contain our joy and love. St. Augustine, that we were talking about a little earlier, he says this. He says, singing is for the one who loves. This is why we have love songs all over the place, because it's one thing to say I love you, but sometimes it's not enough. It doesn't express what is in our hearts. So sacred music, it raises our hearts to God. It unites us to him in this way because because words words are not enough to pour out our love for God. Okay, the second way that, that sacred music achieves these two purposes is that it joins us to The heavenly praise of the angels and saints who day and night sing this hymn of praise and thanksgiving to God in heaven. We heard in the first reading today, Job, it's like the biggest downer of all the readings of the year. He says, this is what human life is like. It's toil, and then when you rest, you can't rest because you're looking at the next day of toil. And so he says, I will never see happiness again. That might might be a little heavy for your everyday life. But the truth is that our hearts cannot be contented with what is earthly. This is not our home. But there is a joy and a worship that is greater than what we are capable of by ourselves. That is the, the heavenly worship, the praise of God by the saints and angels all day and all night where they sing a hymn of praise and thanksgiving to God. So when we sing... Not only do we symbolize our union with them, because we sing the same words, you know, when we sing holy, 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 this is the song of heavenly, the heavenly liturgy. It doesn't just symbolize our union with them, it actually brings about our union with them. So that the church in heaven and the church on earth, in singing, are united into one song of praise to God. This is the way that we tap into the joy and gladness of heaven, where all is light and love and peace. Okay, so this is the second way. The sacred music that we sing, it joins us to the angels and saints in heaven. The third way that it works to sanctify us and bring glory to God is it unites us here. I don't know how you approach mass, I don't know how you think of it, but it's wrong to think of this as like many individual people who are in church praising God and they happen to be here at the same time praising God. What we're supposed to do is when we come into church, we become one body and together in one voice we praise God and we thank him. So it's sacred music that unites us together. Here's just kind of a mundane example. When I was in eighth grade, I, I play violin, I was an orchestra growing up, high school, college, and in eighth grade, I was in an orchestra in Holland. And if you're violinist, then always you have one stand and then two chairs, two violinists in it. So I'm sitting there, second violin. And my stand partner was pretty and I had a crush on her. And it, it like, it, it brought me, delight when, looking at the page, we were playing the same notes, you know? Like, I mean, I was so scared. I don't, I don't even know if I ever got her name, you know? I don't know if I ever actually talked to her. I <laughs> spent like eight months sitting next to her. But, but there was, there's a little union that comes about from singing the same song or playing the same music, you know? If you've ever been in a choir and sung in a harmony, then you know like the joy and the union and the bond that comes from this, where all these, all these many voices form one beautiful song. So here at St. Luke, again, this is like a long-term thing. So we're just setting the stage here. There'll be adjustments. We'll be learning together. We'll learn some new mass settings or hymns or different ways to sing. Shonda and I will teach you. Today, we're just, we're just casting the vision, you know? And as we learn, there will be good days where we say, wow, that was, that was wonderful. And bad days where we say, okay, we got to practice some more. And that's all right, too. <laughs> what I'm afraid of... Like I said, it's dangerous to talk about sacred music, but what I'm afraid of, what kind of whispers in my ear and discourages me, that I keep throwing away, but what whispers in my ear is, they don't want to learn. And they think this is silly. And I don't believe it, because I think you do want to glorify God with all of your heart, including, including as much as your voice can do. So we have specific challenges here, you know, like the first one is just what we're used to. Probably for most American Catholics, music at mass is at best something that you don't notice, but most of the time it's something that you tolerate, you know, but it doesn't have to be this way. Very few people have like a good experience of sacred music. It doesn't have to be this way, but, but our experience of it can slow us down a little. Okay, so that's one challenge. Second one is that actually the, the, just the challenge of the building that we're in. St. Luke's acoustics, they don't reverberate very well. It can be hard to sing in here. The placement of the choir makes it a little bit difficult too, because if you're in the back, then you feel like you're all alone. If you're in the front, you feel like, wow, everything's so loud up here. There's no organ to kind of guide us and and keep things moving. So all these, like basically, it it can just make us hard. It it can make it hard, it can make us a little bit self-conscious about our singing. Here's the deal. Lent is coming, and that means the, the accompaniment, the instruments fade away. And so, we might say that is a bad time to work on singing because <laughs> we don't have a lot of support. But no, it's actually the best time because we can focus on our singing together. There will be times we'll be, where we'll be singing without piano, without accompaniment. You can do it. None of this, none of the, all that we're singing, it's, it's designed for people who aren't professional singers, you know? Now, if you're uncomfortable, if, you, if you're like, I know that I can't sing well and I, I don't know how to do this, Here's three quick things. Okay, the first thing is that what matters is the heart that you put into this. Even if you think it's horrible what leaves your lips, by the time it reaches the throne of God, it's very pleasing to him. Okay, so the Lord loves it when you sing with your heart. The second thing is that if you're scared and you feel like you're sticking out, then you have to turn to the person next to you and say, sing louder. Okay, and if you see that somebody next to you is nervous, this is the third thing. Then we use the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Sing loud enough that they can be comfortable singing, okay? When, when you sing, you give them permission to sing however they do sing, okay? So here's the vision for the, for the next year or two. Sacred music, this way that we glorify God and we make something beautiful for him out of, out of the voices that he's given us, it can become something that we love even something that we're confident in. You will be confident when it comes time for you to sing your parts. All of this is for just, just one reason, that is for the glory of God.